And welcome one and all to one of 2020's happiest episodes of She Said, She Said, a special hashtag eye candy show that you're going to love, 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 as the boys once sang. On our hashtag eye candy shows, we celebrate and honor internet movers and shakers who are ideal, and by that I mean they are interesting, innovative, and iconic. They are incredible women and men who make a difference in the world, hence eye candy. And our two guests today are all that and more. Most importantly, they are two of the most joyous and uplifting people that we know, something that 2020 desperately needs right now. Don't you agree? I am Lena Stagg, your co-host of She Said, She Said, and the author of the Recipe Records, series of rock and roll cookbooks full of good food, good fun, and great rock and roll stories, facts, and trivia. My books include the original Recipe Records cookbook with recipes inspired by the music of the 50s through the 90s. And sadly enough, that book was endorsed by the now late Charlie Daniels, whom I was quite fond of. The Recipe Records 60s edition has all those feel-good meals that your mother used to make, and your mother should know. <laughs> uh, we also have the Recipe Records, a culinary tribute to the Beatles with fab dishes, such as real Liverpool scouts from author Dave Bedford, who wrote Liddy Pool, and my most favorite, Strawberry Pie Forever from my co-host, and even a yummy Mundo Paparazzi Ziti. You can find those classic recipe records books, plus my new cookbook, The Rolling Scones, Let's Spend the Bite Together, at lenastag.com. And hey, while you're there, check out my two children's books and sign up for my blog with the amazing rock and roll features and stories. Again, it's lenastag.com. And guys, if you are ever in Evansville, Indiana, which is a mecca for love, please stop by the Pit Barbell Club, which is a wonderful gym, a very iconic gym that my husband and I just purchased. Now, who buys a gym in the middle of a pandemic? Only <laughs> somebody really crazy. So we would love to meet all the Beatles and Stones fans in our area and chat with you and introduce you to our very cool baby boomer friendly super slow workouts. They are just my speed. <laughs> and they promote, they do produce amazing results, I must say. Uh, since I love to work out, I would love to get my hands on that super slow workout. I wish I lived a little bit closer. I would be right in the middle of that thing. Hi, guys. I'm Jude Sutherland Kessler, Lena's trusty sidekick here on She Said, She Said, and author of the John Lennon series of narrative biographies that tell the story of the life of John Lennon. And, of course, if you talk about John, you have to talk about his dear mates, the Beatles. They are all factual research, detailed stories about his life. And four of the books are already out in print. The fifth book is in the works as we speak. And just want to remind everybody that volume four, Should Have Known Better, which tells the really, really, really exciting story of the height of Beatlemania in 1964, is almost sold out. We have under 40 copies 
left. We've completely sold out of volumes one, two, and three, and now I think there are around 38 copies of volume four left. So scurry on over to my website, which is John Lennon series.com and you'll be able to read sample chapters of each of the books you can still buy volumes one two and three on any ebook format and you can get one of those last first editions of volume four should have known better and sign up for my newsletter as well now Lena and I are here about once a month to bring you some of the greatest people in the Beatles world this year has been amazing we've been so blessed because we kicked off the year by being able to interview Rogue Best son of course of Neil Aspinall and the, the powerhouse Mona Best and brother of Pete of course uh, Rogue has founded and he is the curator of an extremely special place in Liverpool the Liverpool Beatles Museum which is in Matthew Street not far from the grapes and the Beatles store and all those wonderful places that that you should definitely attend and this museum keeps changing and adding and growing all the time and it's a place you've got to experience then back in March we were Oh, we were smiling ear to ear as we interviewed Tom Frangione of Sirius XM's Beatles channel. Tom has been a good friend of ours for a long time because he is one of the MCs for the Fest for Beatles fans. And he's also one of the co-hosts of the Fab Forum each Wednesday night on Sirius XM's channel 18, which adds up to nine and is, of course, the Beatles channel. And that was so 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 much fun to talk with Tom and then in June I kept pinching myself we were so excited to talk with Chaz Newby who is one of the former Beatles he talked about his time with the Beatles especially that night at Leatherland Town Hall when Beatlemania broke out for the first time oh man it has been quite a year hasn't it Lena oh amen to that <laughs> and our guests Today are fabulous to the max. They are truly a part of the Beatles family and were right there in the Bahamas when the lads were filming Help in 1965. In fact, John Lennon actually taught one of our guests today to ride a bike. I'll let you guess which one. <laughs> and our distinguished duo, Waiting in the Wings, regularly had all four of the boys in their home they are two great business people and entrepreneurs who always have a very positive attitude, no matter what life hands them. And in all the years that Jude and I have known them, we only hear positive words and, and never an ill word about anybody. We are so proud and honored to have with us today Dr. Angie McCartney and Ruth McCartney. Ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We are so honored. Well, it is, it's our honor, and you know, we always call you guys the McCartney girls because um, we do. We always say the McCartney girls because of all the people we know, really. Well, I guess my mom would rank in there with you. Um, when she was alive, she was always a girl, too. You have the youngest and most positive and upbeat attitude of anyone we know, really and truly. Thank you. Well, you know, you have to keep cheerful and optimistic. And I, I, I'm about to break into song and sing, always look on the bright, but, you know. Um, <laughs> nobody wants to hear the sad stuff because everybody has their problems. 
Yeah. So put on a happy face and smile and say, I'm splendid, even yeah. if you're not. And if you say it often enough, you'll believe it yourself in the end. Yeah. Well, it just, it, and it never comes off as inauthentic. You always, you just, you just lift people up. You're, you're very genuine, and we appreciate that. Well, we've got so much to discuss today and limited time, so I'm just going to jump right in and get the ball rolling. So, Angie, okay. the first question is going to be for you. You ready to roll? Yep. All right. Well, late in 1964, you were married to the very sweet Jim McCartney, Paul's mm -hmm. father, a man that you, you know, really praise very sincerely in your first book, which I've read a bazillion times, Angie McCartney, My Long and Winding Road. I've been using it. It's been sitting right here with me constantly as I'm going through 1965 and working on volume five in the John Lennon series. But recently, you have come out with a brand new book called Your Mother Should Know that you two co-authored. And I just ordered it last week. I cannot wait to get it. So for those of our listeners who want to purchase Your Mother Should Know, tell us a little bit from the new book or read to us if you want to from that book, whatever you want to do. But tell us a little bit about Jim Mack from the new book. Well, it covers... You know, the five years since I wrote, the, five, six years since I wrote the previous one. And um, people have said to me, why don't you write a book? And I said, I already did. So I just mm -hmm. got going a few months ago. And this one pub was published just before Christmas. And it's a rehash in some ways of some of the stories because there are always a few people who don't know how it all happened in the early days. So we've gone into that and then gone into a lot of the more upcoming things that are happening like artificial intelligence and you know the way communications have changed over the last few years in our lives and particularly now and Ruth suggested that we put in these uh, QR codes Ruth you could talk more about that yeah so if you've seen these things on labels and now with contactless ordering in restaurants and everything they look like kind of crazy squirrely um, crossword puzzles, mm -hmm. quick response codes or QR codes for short. They've actually been around since 1972. But you you scan your you put your phone camera over it, and it's like a key that unlocks a world of loveliness. And so what we've done is we've found some very rare um, and in a couple of cases never before seen videos. So as you're reading Angie's book, you can hold your phone over these QR codes and you've got your book in one hand and the digital video experience in the other. And we're finding that much like Jim was able to, you know, he was 62, I was four years old, much like he was able to converse with me, even with such a great gap between us, this is sort of a nod to how he handled having a young daughter when he was in his 60s, um, whereby, you know, a grandparent or an older person can sit on the couch who's a Beatles fan and they know all about the Beatles and their grandkids can be sitting next to them and say, hey, granddad, what was the cavern? Or, hey, grandma, you know, what was, who's hmm. Auntie Mimi? And lo and behold, presto, you, you whip your smartphone out, you hang it over the code and uh, generations can enjoy the book and the stories in both print and video together. And it was, oh. was really brought on by, you know, imagine if Jimmy Mack had had that technology in 1964, he wouldn't have had to, you know, watch me standing in front of his arthritic knees, jumping up, hopping up and down on one leg going, I bet you can't do this. And he would nod his head and smile and say, mm -hmm. I bet I can't. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant! That's fascinating, so brilliant. fascinating. Yeah, it's one of the first. It's actually the first smart book out there. We're um, trying to get a bunch of patents together with smart book technology, so that you know chefs and people can can link to recipes from books, and it's a video of them cooking it. And there's, I mean, it's keep an easy way to do it. But the way we're doing it is everything goes through a shortened URL link. It's trackable. People have the chance to. After they've watched the video, they'll have the chance to, to join a mailing list. So it's kind of a lead, a marketing lead generator, but it's also just a great way to add another 100 hours of entertainment onto the price of a book. And that's stuff that's already out there. It's in Pathé Marconi archives. It's in the BBC, it's in uh, ABC Australia archives. It's from BBC. Some things on YouTube. There's a, tour, there's a visual tour of the Wirral in Liverpool. So I think it's just a great way to keep history alive um, but still encourage the younger generation to pick up and read a physical book, you know, which Jim was a great book reader and he was a great crossword puzzler. Um, I mean, you know, he was born in 1902. Mm-hmm. They had uh, 13 or 14 kids and they had one pair of boots for the boys and one pair of shoes for the girls and it was a penny a day to go to school. So they took turns. One boy would go one day and one girl would go the next day and come home and teach the other dozen kids what they'd learned that day. Um, but he still availed himself of a great vocabulary, and book reading was very important to him. And so that, again, it's kind of an homage to to him and how he used the public library to educate himself in the newspaper. And he was a really smart guy. I mean, if he'd have had a college education, oh, boy, he probably would have been a doctor or an attorney or something. Wow. That is amazing. You know, I thought I was doing something exciting by giving people at the end of chapters links to all the YouTube videos. So if you're at the... you are, Jude. But no, this is... That's flat. You're the pop-up book. You know, you you took that... You went to a whole other dimension. They would have to take my link and go and type it in to see, like, the Indiana State Fair that they just read about. You give them the ability to wave their phone over it. And, oh, this is so brilliant. Wow. Absolutely. I can show you how, or I can, I can, I'd be, if we get a smart book technology by McCartney Multimedia credit somewhere at the end of the next one, I'll, I'll work with you on that. I'd be happy to do it for you. I am so excited. This oh, is good. chill, this is chill bump stuff. You guys are, you're really, really, really smart. Wow. Now, uh, where can... More women in STEM and tech. That's what we need. Absolutely. Now, so the book can be ordered where? Where can, can our listeners get your new book? Well, if you want to have it autographed, if you order it from my uh, website, it'll come, the order will come to me and I can autograph it and mail it out. But if you don't Is that do the Mrs. That, McCartney's? Mm-hmm. McCartney's Tees. This is McCartney'sTees.com. Mm-hmm. And if you click on the shop, the shoppy as we call it, um, you'll see all mm-hmm. the things in there, the tea and the books and whatnot. And if you Great. order it through there, the order will come to me, and uh, I can autograph it and mail it out and track it and hopefully make sure it doesn't get lost in the mail, but we won't even go there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Your> boy. <laughs> book went out days and days ago. I'm a little concerned oh, yeah. to hear that she hasn't got it yet. I know. Well, not yet. Yeah, but mail's a lot slower now. <laughs> Well, you know that the poor old post office is suffering from the. Oh, they are. Yeah. You know they need they need all the love they can get right now because they they're doing absolutely. Good. They're really frontline people. They're knocking on doors and going to houses. Mm. Don't know what's going on. So. Okay. Yeah. Correct. You know, I, 
Absolutely. Faith, it'll get that. So. Oh, it will. I saw uh, my postman. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be. It may even be on the porch now, but I saw my postman the other day, and I said, you know, you are a real uh, COVID-19 hero. I said, you're touching everybody's metal mailbox, all the packages. And he said, well, I'm a preacher on the weekend, so I'm good to go. Oh, bless him. When we hear our postman going up the neighbor's path, I always race to my front door and leave a nice ice-cold bottle of water out. Aww. Maybe a muffin. That's who you guys are. That's all you need to know right yep. there. That That's who you are, and that's uh-huh. the truth. Well, now, Ruth, for you, I know that in 65 that when your mom and Jim honeymooned in the Bahamas in, I think it was end of January 1965, yep. um, you celebrated a bit of a belated birthday party there as well. Tell us about that cool, cool event. Well, I actually, uh, we were there on um at the end of January for George's birthday, and then we stayed on. I think we were there two or three weeks because I got tonsillitis and we couldn't fly home because I was too sick to fly. Oh. Um, but there was a we had a joint birthday party because you know I'm the 15th of Feb, and the chef, the German um, pastry chef, made a beautiful uh, German chocolate cake, Black Forest cake. Uh, for George and me, we celebrated what would be my fifth birthday uh, together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He'd heard this band called The Beatles were there, and he thought, of course, it was Kefa Beatles, like ladybugs, like ladybirds, and <laughs> B-E-E-T-L-E-S. So he put these uh, ladybugs and ladybirds all over the birthday cake in red icing, <laughs> and um, he wrote on it, Happy Birthday, J A J A J A. He was trying to in German say yeah yeah yeah, and it was ya 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 ya. That's hilarious. That was a very memorable trip to the Balmoral Club in the Bahamas, and um, Teddy Kennedy was staying there at the same time. He was he'd had a, a light plane accident, so he was in a neck brace. wasn't much for going out to the pool. Mm. But would hang out in the uh, in the restaurant and the bar and stuff at night. And it, it made a great impression on me. I, I remember when we flew uh, from London to, we had to change planes in Bermuda um, to get to the Bahamas. We never went into the United States. And I remember getting off the plane in Bermuda and just the heat and the humidity and the, the ocean air mm. compared to January. I mean, it wasn't that hot, but it was probably in the high 70s, low 80s. And we'd just left a freezing cold Liverpool on the train, the mm-hmm. line train to go down to... London Heathrow, and hop on a propeller BOAC plane, and I still have the navy blue leather-bound uh, book that the pilot gave me with my mileage written in it, and I got a tour of the cockpit. And it mm-hmm. always seemed to fly for what was, you know, all day and all night when you're four years old. And we landed in Bermuda, and just the, the tropical air hitting you, I'll never forget that, you know, first impression of, of it. And then we got to the Bahamas, and the smells of, you know, frangipanis and gardenias and um, jasmine and all of that stuff, and then of course the crazy stuff at night with you know the boys going from bungalow to bungalow, and just we'd go out during the day to sit under the trees with the crew at the long catering tables and watch them filming. A man's got to do what a man's got to do, you know. <laughs> so I just I learned at four and a half, four and three quarters years old. I should have known better than to eventually get into the production and film business. <laughs> and wait, and wait, and wait, and hurry up some more. I love it. That's, it just is such great, one-of-a-kind memories that no one else has, you know. Yeah.
Did you get a picture of your cake? Outside of Hertz Rent-A-Car Place, they were they had to find a black tarmac to do the scene where they go round and around and on the bicycles. And um, it just so happened that the best car park was outside of Hertz Rent-A-Car Place. So somewhere out there in Getty Images is a picture of me in my little Bahamian straw hat and swipe, striped swimming cozy. Um, mm. That was that. It was it was fun times. It was great. And that picture is going to be in the new book. I believe it is somewhere. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I think it is somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it is. What about the cake? Did you get a picture of the cake? No, nobody was. No. Got eaten because we didn't have cameras with us in those days. Everyone was starving, and of course, they were in the Bahamas, and so the Bahamas being sort of a neighbor to Jamaica, what do you think was going on late at night? They were so starving hungry by the time the cake got there. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I looked up the temperature because I wanted to know when the boys left, a London airport, which they say Heathrow now, and then landed in the Bahamas with the temper, temperature differential was. And when they left that morning, it was 37 degrees. And when wow. they landed in Nassau, it was 91. Wow. That, oh, that, that, oh that, my gosh. So, That's one of the memories that I have of just leaving all bundled up in a little gray coat with a <laughs> black velvet collar and a little train case and Mary Jane and long socks. We got there and I was sweating buckets because it was, I mean, we got there late mm-hmm. at night, but it was probably in the 80s. Probably. Yeah. 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 That is crazy. That is, what, a, what a great vacation. Well, for both of you, you know, since I'm, as somebody shouted at me at the last Fest for Beatles fans, the linen chick, um, would you mind sharing? Yeah. Hey, linen chick. That's what they yelled across yeah, the lobby. Um Share any memories. I know that you were very close friends with Cynthia. So any memories of John or Cynthia or John and Cynthia together or anything from 1965? I'd love hearing it. Well, I have uh, a little recollection of when they were still together. And just not long after Jim and I were married, we went down to London. And Paul took us to the homes of the other three Beatles. And we went to, was it called Kenwood? Yes. Yeah. And I can remember, I mean, Cynthia was still with John in those days, and the entrance hall had a big suit of armor, which frightened the bejesus out of me, and a massive wooden bench in the hallway. It was like entering a cathedral or a museum or mm-hmm. something. And uh, after a little while, we, we went through to another part of the house and had the usual pot of tea and all relaxed and so on. But it, it made an awful impression, it was a huge impression on me, because it was so massive. I'd never yeah. been in a home like that in my life before. And we also went to George's house, George and Patty, which was a lovely bungalow with all sorts of lovely psychedelic painting on the outside. And again, we sat in the kitchen and drank tea. And uh, mm-hmm. everywhere we go, we seem to drink tea. If it's not wine, it's tea. <laughs> which is why Madam has both a tea company and a wine, and a wine company. Exactly. <laughs> got all the bases covered, you know. Yeah, that's and right. We went, that's right. We went to Ringo's house, and I can remember there being a, a big tree house because, of course, Ringo's son was just a, a little toddler then, not the famous drummer that he is now, you know. Right. And. Uh, Ringo was with Maureen at that stage, and I had always desperately wanted a washing machine, a dishwasher, and Jim used to say, oh, that's nonsense, we wash our dishes by hand in this family. 
But that wasn't mm-hmm. beckoning with the fact that Mike McGear would come home at like 2 o'clock in the morning with 15 people and say, hey, Ace, what's going? What, what have you got to eat and drink? And uh, I, <laughs> I seemed to be forever at the sink and I wanted a dishwasher. Yeah. So I got to ring on Maureen's house and he said, oh, I'll take you on a tour of the house, Uncle Jim. And I got him on one side and I said, sell him on the dishwasher. <laughs> Which, thank God. He said, oh, this is a great machine. Maureen loves it. So when we got home, Jim said, Okay, okay, I give in. I suppose you want one of those dull things. Uh, so thank you, thank you, Ringo. <laughs> That's why at 90 she's got such girlish hands, because hands that do dishes, you know. Oh, yeah, do you remember those commercials? I do. Imagine palm olive, you're soaking in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well, I know you should... With memories and stuff, I more remember just going um, into, you know, say hey to Julian and bug the snot out of him, and then go out in the garden and play and, you know, throw balls. We had those big orange or red rubber bouncy balls. They're about, you know, they came up from the waist and you put them up and they had little handlebars on them. And you sat on them. Yep. all over the place. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I Julian all over the garden. Yeah, and Ruth used to say to me, oh, well, I got to play with him. And then a few years on, when she met him in London and they were both in their 20s, she'd say, did I used to say, have I got to play with him? Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> really? You run into him very occasionally out here when he's um, out in Hollywood and we get, we get invited to the you know, things he's doing, launches and stuff. And um, he's, always, he's always, my husband Martin says, he's always got a look on his face like he's still terrified of you from that year. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you probably ran him down on that ball. You probably jumped at him. <laughs> he's two years younger than me. Two years younger than me. And you know when you're ten and you go to play with somebody of the opposite gender who's seven, it's like oh, oh god. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I used to torture the poor kid. I mean, it was just bloody awful. And he used to call me. Mm-hmm. He did, the last time I ran into him, in, oh, it was at the the party at the Leica Gallery for one of his photo books, and. Um, I, he was talking to Ange, and I, I heard him ask her, is Bossy Boots here? Is Bossy here, yeah. <laughs> Have you got Bossy Boots with you? <laughs> and I had, of course. Now, what is that again? What's the, what is he saying? Bossy Boots. Bossy Boots. Oh, Bossy Boots. Oh, well, <laughs> it's pretty funny. You know what she still is? She bosses me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well, I'm five foot nine, you're four foot ten, so you don't stand a chance. No, <laughs> that's very cute very cute well you know Jude's the John girls and I am the George girl George was my favorite Beatle and I wondered if you had any good George Harrison stories well George um, he was always sort of considered the quiet Beatle but he was a very funny guy yeah. He had a wonderful sense of humor and, of course, got involved with all the Monty Python crowd. And I think he financed one of their movies, didn't he? Several. Yeah. And, Life uh, O'Brien. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, no, I didn't have a, an awful lot of uh, time spent with George, but he used to come to our house to Rembrandt occasionally, and he loved Jimmy Max Custard. And I'd open the door and he'd say, <laughs> Hi, Ange, get the kettle on. Where's Uncle Jim? Is he going to make custard? <laughs> One of those silly things, you know, just custard. And even now, yeah. when we make custard, 
we always think about him because he used to say to Jim, how could you make it that it doesn't have a skin on the top? And Jim would say, well, that's my secret and I'm not telling you. And I know how to do that, but I'm not telling you either. <laughs> Too bad oh, we could get great. that in a recipe book. <laughs> Ooh, that's right. <laughs> that is so right. Hey, make me an offer I can't refuse. There you go, Lena. <laughs> make a QR code for it and show everybody how to make it. Hey, yeah. Whenever I used to ask my dad, you know, if he'd say, I'm not telling George how to keep the skin off the custard. And I'd say, why? Every time I said, why, Dad, why? He'd say, because there's no hairs on a seagull's chest. <laughs> oh, <love it. laughs> he was he was He was quite the guy, quite the guy. Oh, he was lovely, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, so girls, Jude and I are huge fans of the Mrs. McCartney's organic teas. Jude loves the Fifty Shades of Earl Grey since she's so naughty. Um, <laughs> and I'm a fan of the the ma- the mop top maple teas. But all of your teas are they're Mm. They're very cleverly named, which I love because I've done the same thing in, in my cookbooks. Oh, and on wow. top of that, your teas are so scrumptious. In okay. fact, I don't know if you remember, Angie, but a couple of years ago we had a proper British tea at the Beatles at the Ridge. Yes, that's um, right. Oh, I do. And, and you uh, videotaped a, a very, very special message for... Okay. The nearly hundred people that attended it was so packed, and everyone they they were so touched by your beautiful message, and um, it was terrific. Good. It's all about spreading the love, isn't it, and keeping together. Absolutely. And and what does it cost to to spread a happy happy message? You know, it really doesn't cost a lot. Jimmy Mac always used to say. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Right. And I think, oh, I wish the politicians could hear that today. <laughs> let yeah. not even go there. <laughs> well, tell us, tell us how you got started uh, creating and selling your tea. And um, share some more of the clever varieties, if you will, with us. Uh, well, uh, some years ago we had a... Fourth of July party here, and one of our guests was somebody who is a recovering alcoholic, and everybody was drinking wine and beer. And I said, "What can I get you?" He said, "I'd love a nice pot of tea." So I've still got a big old Brown Betty teapot that I've carried all around the world with me. So we dug that out and warmed it up to obtain uh, to obtain tea hot. First, warm your pot. And we made him a pot of tea. And he said, you know, what's more English than tea? And what's more Liverpool than the Beatles? Why don't you start and market some Mrs. McCartney's tea? So we started Mm. researching him. We thought we had an investor. And he sort of went away. And it sort of trickled on for a while. And Ruth stayed with it and, you know, researched all the teas and so forth. And we managed to start off with a very little... No investment at all, but just, you know, the the straps of our boots like you do everything. (laughs) And uh, we've just gone on from there. So, I mean, we're not a big organization. We're definitely a mom-and-mom organization. (laughs) 
But, uh, but definitely, definitely. Yeah, we started with, I think, three or four, and we've got 11 flavors now. Ooh. And, and then and people just love them. And I know, that, like, on your website, I was uh, looking at that the other day, and there's so many wonderful people that leave comments on there. And um, everyone that, that tries your tea falls in love with it. Mm, that's nice. Good to know. And then we so tell me names like Mop Top Maple, Strawberry Fields, Maharishi Peach, uh, Golden Slumbers, um, which is a, it's a very low caffeine, almost caffeine-free green tea, which is got a toasted rice. It's, in Japanese, it's called Genmai Sencha. It's a green tea with toasted puffed rice, almost like little popcorn kernels in it. So it's got, it almost tastes like a consomme or a vegetable soup <laughs> in some kind of way. I have mm-hmm. it on chilly mornings sometimes. I'll have a cup of golden slumbers, and it's just really comforting. It's almost, yeah, it's like a miso mm. kind of. Mm. And so we came up with all of these, you know, silly names, Penny Lane Peppermint, and, oh, you know, just on and on and on, alliteration, basically. And uh, it seems to have served us well. We have good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Mm. Um, <laughs> And, uh, no, it's, you know, it's over. We, we won't retire on it until no. until or unless we get bought by Lipton or somebody. But, you know, it's, it's a fun brand. We give back from the profits to the Linda McCartney Breast Cancer Research Center when we can, when when we make a profit. It's not often enough, but we keep trying. <laughs> yeah, head on over. If you want to you help out a bunch of things, head on over to Mrs. McCartney's T's, T-E-A-S, dot com. And uh, there's a lot of fun little blogs and videos. And we also have some of Angie's T-Flix Tuesdays episodes. That's her Facebook Live show that she does every Tuesday morning at 11.30 Pacific time on her Dr. Angie McCartney Facebook page. And we've just discovered a brand-new technology which will allow us to have guests back on because Facebook shut that down last December. They wanted to move all of the uh, streaming with guests onto Instagram Live. So that's why our faithful viewers around the world have been stuck with just her and me, me mm. uh, indoors. But uh, mm. we've got some exciting guests lined up, including uh, the incredible Broadway star and singer-songwriter and producer David Pomeranz, who wrote things like Trying to Get the Feeling, and he's written for Cliff Richard and Barry Manilow mm. and Bette wow. Miller and, oh, my God, Clay Aiken, Kenny Rogers. Good Kevin. grief. What have you? So he's one of our dear esteemed clients at McCartney Multimedia. We're just rebuilding his website and his fan club for him, and so he'll be coming on Tiefling and a whole host of uh, lots of lots of fun, entertaining people. So hopefully you'll come to Facebook, find Angie McCartney, and tune in on a Tuesday at 11:30. And depending upon where it is, if it's 11:30 or five o'clock, you could be drinking tea with us, or you could be drinking something stronger like Mrs. McCartney. <laughs> So it's eleven thirty Pacific, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, and yeah, I love it. You know, you were so kind to have me on when the last book came out, and yeah. you know, the cool thing is that it's live, so anything can happen. You never know what's going to happen on the show. Uh-uh, with us, you never do, Jude. You never know. <laughs> have you ever had anything really crazy happen? Um, no, not, not really. Nothing. That we would deem crazy, you might, but we just, it depends on you. It's normal. <laughs> Who are some of your favorite people you've had on there? Oh, I'm not going to say that. I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. 
<laughs> well, I, all the others would say, why didn't she choose me? Well, well you know. You know I, we've had a lot of great great folks, and, and they're really diverse, too. And oh. we, had, we had Mike Portnoy, who is a heavily tattooed, long-haired, bearded rock and roll drummer of five bands from Sons what? of Apollo to Avenged Sevenfold, but he's the world's fastest, name that tune, Beatles fan. If you go on mm. YouTube and just look up Mike Portnoy, um, or Sons of Apollo Portnoy, he and his daughter, Melody, oh my God, you can literally play a split second of the first sound on any Beatle record and they can name that tune. Really? Okay. His whole lower left leg is a tattoo of the yellow submarine. <laughs> oh, good, yep. great. Wow. Yeah, and then we had, of course, the lovely Melissa Manchester on, um, who ties me back to David Pomeranz, funnily enough, Small World. And lots of people, you, you ladies should um, maybe one day, she's not directly Beatles related, but I mean, just an amazing New York Times bestselling author and holds goddess and writing classes, my dear friend uh, Pamela DeBar, who wrote I'm With The Band oh, and yes. kinds of stuff. She is just, she's one of our best friends now and she's, she's been on the show. I, rerun her I, a couple of times. She's just so much fun. She has groupy couture. She has an amazing line of designer clothes that she, you know, she designs and has made, but she also has an incredible eye uh, for vintage collections. So everywhere she goes across the country, or used to go, uh, doing her writing workshops for women, she would hit right. all of the thrift stores and find the real nuggets yeah. and uh, renovate them and get all the beads redone and redone. So she's on, it's Pamela, D-E-S-B-A-R-R-E-S, -E -E Pamela Des Bars. And she's got links to Groupie Couture, and she does Hollywood tours of all the old rock and roll memorabilia places and stuff. She's just yeah, she's very. She has a lot of. Uh, she I think she does um, uh, like sessions, like writing sessions or something. Yeah. I I had read something recently about that, and I have her book. I haven't had a chance to read it, but oh, yeah. I think she's had a very exciting life. Yeah. So. And she is the, actually the inspiration for Tom Petty's song. She's a good girl, like God and Elvis. Mm -hmm. and really? Yeah, <laughs> like, grew up in Reseda. She lives. She still lives in Reseda. So Pamela. That's cool. Oh my gosh. Free fallen. Yep. Absolutely. That's super cool. That what a man. That's a. Yeah, it's a great song. Well, we kind of skipped over your wine, so we don't want to miss talking about that. So we'll, uh, uh, we'll, we have to take a step back. <laughs> well, we do these uh, occasional dinners with our um, winemaker business partner, Chef David Skinner, uh, down in Kima, Texas, which is on the Texas Gulf, halfway between Galveston and Houston. And he has an incredible six-seater restaurant with a two-and-a-half-year waiting list. And it's called Eculent, E-C-U-L-E-N-T. You can see all about it at eculent.com. And um, we went down there to do a dinner with the McCartneys. For, we, I think we extended it the, the room to like 20 people. And that's a dinner, dining experience of, of Fab Four courses with items not dissimilar from your cookbook. And we were staying in the bed and breakfast at the back, these eight cute little renovated uh, seaside cottages. And we would walk from the gardens of the cottages into the restaurant every morning to do, you know, planning and prep and design the menu and, you know, put up all of the multimedia and stuff. And I said to David, after about two, three days there, I said, what's that huge, tall 
like silo building in between the bed and breakfast and the restaurant. And he said, that's my winery. I said, wait a minute. What? <laughs> I've been here three days and you have the keys to a winery and you tell me this. <laughs> so he took us upstairs and he makes incredible award-winning wines from uh, Texas Hill Country Fruits and California Grapes. So I said, oh, my gosh, look at this. You have a peach wine, an apple wine, a strawberry, um, mm. and so on and so forth. I said, we have five of your wines match five of our tea flavors, and thus Mrs. McCartney's Wines was born. So they're, they're actually not oh. drinking wines like a Cabernet or a Chardonnay. They are dessert wines to have with a high tea. They're more like a sherry or a port, or they're also incredible as cocktails in cocktail mixes. So oh. we have something called a Maharishi peach, which is two ounces of our wine, one ounce of bourbon, um, some ginger ale, and a little thyme and some smacked mint. And it's Ooh. on ice. And so it's, it's bourbon and peach, and it's really good. Stop Boy, it. that's making me thirsty. <laughs> I know, me too. Yeah. Go to Mrs. McCartney's. Unfortunately, right now with the distribution laws having just changed um, a couple of years ago, we can only distribute to California and Texas through online sales. But we've joined another new distribution system called LibDib, which will allow us to ship to 14 states because the federal government and the state governments are all against each other. They, they all want their franchise tax and their excise tax and their, um, all, you know, per gallon, per bottle. It's very, very, the wine shipping business is very complicated in this country. Really? So, um, yeah, I've spent a thousand, ten thousand hours trying to figure it out. And it can mm -hmm. be done. You can, like if you're Amazon Wines or Virgin Wines, you can ship and sell from and to 50 states. But just the licensing and excise tax that you have to pre-file whether you sell or not runs right. about one to five million dollars a year. Oh, uh, I haven't quite got mm -hmm. that. Yeah. <laughs> so to just do the compliance. So right now we're in California and Texas, which are two big state wine drinking states, and we'll be expanding to more soon, and I will let you ladies know about that when that happens. Yeah, I remember Lena wanted to do the wines when she did her British tea at Beatles at the Ridge. We wanted to sell the wines as well, and we couldn't do it because Arkansas wasn't one of the states. That's right. That I mean, I couldn't even get, funnily enough, I mean, David said, you know, if I was allowed to, I would I'd literally drive it up there, but if I, with a winery license, if I get caught crossing the border, if I get a flat tire or a ticket, and they go what's in the trunk, who makes it, I do, while well, you're crossing a state line, he could literally lose his license. Wow. Mm. Mm. I mean, you, it, it's like moonshine. You know, it's 2020, you know. Kids. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not hooch. It's proper good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably, you could probably get weed easier than your wine. Mm-hmm. You've got to know that's right. You know, it's just... Crazy, but anyway, so we'll we'll get there when we get there. But they are. Um, I like the the peach instead of an apérol spritz. I usually on a, a Sunday brunch, I'll pour a little prosecco and just top it off with a little peach, mm. kind of like a Bellini. Um, mm. Right. Wine, an Abbey Road apple wine, which is it's kind of like a Bakewell almond slice tart. It's got a lot of almond in it, and that goes great with with sake and like a sake martini. It goes great with Asian food. So on the website, we've Martin and I uh, created a whole huge downloadable PDF cocktail book. So whether you're using right. wines or not, maybe it'll give you some inspiration on MrsMcCartney'sWines.com. You can download the cocktail PDF and imagine away. 
See what I did so that's Absolutely. a separate website, yeah. Mrs. McCartney's Wine. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> wine okay. okay. I was, and I noticed on Mrs. McCartney Wines .com today that there was a uh, forty percent off of Angie's new book. So if anyone gets that message, you can check that out. Oh. I um, I before all the before all the laws happened, I was very fortunate to get a couple of bottles of Maharishi peach, and I had a blast with that. Oh, good, wine. good. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice, it's a good drop. It's, it's, it's delicious. It's absolutely delicious. Can you ship to Indiana yet? Yes, yes. yes California and Texas right now, but I think Indiana may be on our list. So. We Excellent. keep you posted, though, as we change. Excellent. Well, one thing I've noticed most about both of you in the years that we've known you is how happy and content you are all the time, and you're hardworking and you're positive. And I know that Jim McCartney used to live by the lovely motto of taller and modder. Is right. that the secret to your great attitude? Yeah. Toleration and moderation. Moderation, exactly. Yep. Well, we need more people like you. We need more people like you. You're an inspiration, oh, and thank you. we are we're very blessed to have you have you both chat with us. So we host you. Oh yes, my pleasure. We we want to toast you with a Mrs. McCartney's Teas Cuppa, and we thank you for being on the show today and sharing your ray of sunshine with us and everybody that, that tunes in, they're, they're just going to love hearing your stories and what you ladies are up to. And Jude and I wish you all the best in the rest of the year as we struggle on with this corona ordeal. And please yeah. keep e making us smile and help us yeah. remember the good things in life. Absolutely. And yeah. we, we hope to see you in person very, very soon. But before so. we say goodbye, please remind us one more time where people can find you and follow you on social media. Okay, so um, I am, you know, like the plumber whose toilet drips and drips. I don't have my own website because I'm busy building them for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm find, um, on Instagram. I'm at Ruth McCartney1960, which will tell you that I'm old. And then the uh, the madam sites are Mrs. McCartney's Wines. Dot com and Mrs. McCartney's Teas.com. And if anybody's listening from far and wide and they don't want to pay the shipping on a book, you can get it printed on demand on Amazon.com. And the latest book is called Your Mother Should Know from Probabilistic Publishing. And okay. I can't wait to get my copy. I'm, I will uh, oh, post a I picture. I would have had it by now, Jude. Well, it you may know, be on your front porch. It, it could, it very well could be. I will, uh, I'll run out and check as soon as we're finished. But thank you guys so much. Um, oh, I'll you know, I promise you. you what, ladies? Thank you for keeping the Beatle love alive. Yeah. It's been decades and decades, and it's because of dedicated, mm. talented, lovely researchers mm. and people with heart and love for the Beatles like you that it keeps going. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, and you thank know, you're you. you're welcome. On she said, she said, any time. So thank you. We really appreciate you being here. Okay. Stay safe out there. Wear your mask. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Yep. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. Well, that wraps up another Great. Beatles family episode of She Said She Said, and what a happy one it was. That really makes uh, my heart. 
feel good after all of the months that we've been through. We have really loved this theme of the Beatles family, and we're excited for many more truly amazing people and guests that are going to be on our show in the upcoming months. So stay tuned, keep following our podcast, and we will we'll probably surprise you here and there. So until we are going to surprise here's, you. <laughs> here's the food for thought, food for the soul, and food for the love of rock and roll. Ta-ra and shine on. <laughs>